Tea Soul Pop, Season 6, Episode 6. Hello and welcome to Tea Soul Pop, the mini podcast for busy teachers. My name is Laura and joining me today to talk about providing meaningful feedback to learners is Jane Kaskova. Jane is a CELTA certified ESL teacher and a teacher training manager at EF Teach Online. She's taught general English, business English and exam preparation courses for over 15 years. As an educator, Jane believes in changing the world through the power of education, which led her to speak at this year's IATEFL conference in Harrogate. Jane, thank you so much for your time and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the important role feedback plays in supporting learners' progress and motivation. In addition, Jane is going to share tips on how to prioritise feedback, tailor it to learners' level, as well as structure feedback so that it is balanced. If you want to learn more about the impact of good feedback on the learning process and the technology that we can use to support it, then go back and listen to season five, episode five on using technology to give great feedback with Vibble founder Nihad Chehich. Earlier this year, Jane, you did speak at the ITEFL conference in Harrogate, as I mentioned, about feedback and giving meaningful feedback to learners. Why is this such an important topic for you? Feedback can be a powerful tool for learning and growth, but it can also be demotivating and discouraging if it's not delivered effectively to students. And by asking students how they feel about feedback, teachers can tailor their approach to meet the needs and preferences of their students. And this can lead to more effective feedback that is better received and more likely to result in positive learning outcomes for students. Additionally, I guess asking for feedback can help build credibility and rapport between teachers and students, which again can lead to more positive and productive learning environment. That's why I chose, I chose this topic to talk about in Harrogate, as I wanted more teachers to be aware of this fantastic instrument of making students stronger and kind of supporting them on their way while studying the language. That's wonderful. And I was wondering, has this been your experience with your learners? Because you've obviously taught for many years now in different contexts. Has feedback really influenced the outcome and the progress you've seen in your own students? Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like that if it's delivered effectively, you can track the student's progress and uh, basically uh, understand like how, how um, basically understand how it feels in the again in the whole learning environment, both when it comes to general English classes and exam preparation classes. You've covered the importance that feedback can have on the learning progress, and indeed your own learners, the what you've seen the outcome as a result of great feedback. One of the things that comes to mind when we think about feedback is tailoring it to learners level particularly if we've got beginner learners that don't have a lot of language and they're still building those foundations versus obviously the higher level learners do you have any tips on how we can tailor feedback to ensure that learners understand and are benefiting from the feedback we want to give them that's a very nice question laura um, i would say i normally provide concise kind of short feedback to um, a lower level student all over the students to avoid them being overwhelmed and stressed. And um, however, when it comes to high level students, um, they are kind of more likely to prepare and uh, um, they're ready to deep dive to extended and analytical type of feedback, like detailed type of feedback. So they could tackle range and grammar and vocabulary and work on different areas of improvement. 
And like, again, as I said, finally, they can handle it. I guess um, another interesting point uh, we need to consider is how to deliver feedback, both to low-level students and high-level students in the report, in the mail, or like in person. Um, like we need, we need to decide uh, because every student is different, their personality is different, and uh, it's better to take into account these things. And if I know my student is shy and feels uncomfortable when we work on feedback together after the class or after their speech, I will talk about it in advance and offer to record my feedback on video or send it via report. Uh, I mean, like uh, send my report by email. And this type of delayed feedback shows and allows them to take their own time and pace and uh, work on it in a comfortable atmosphere and um, improve, make certain improvements. However, again, it's important to take into account another fact that um, different teachers, they're busy and their timetable is different and uh, you need to be realistic about that. And uh, if you have uh, a big number of students or a big group, you cannot provide feedback to every single student. And in this case, I feel it's better to rely on stronger students and ask them to support um, the lower-level students and encourage them to talk. And again, they deliver feedback. In this case, I reduce my teaching talking time and I engage all, all the students to work together. And if you have a one-to-one -one class, you probably have the widest set of options for delivering feedback. And again, however, when you have the group, you need to consider how much time can be given for feedback. When we're in classes, there's often a lot of things that we could give feedback on. So we may notice errors in language or particular skills that could be improved, soft skills as well. It can be quite overwhelming as teachers to kind of process all that and determine what to prioritize. What, what should we prioritize when we're giving feedback to our learners? Do you have any tips on this? I guess it's important to differentiate between slips and arrows and find the sweet point between constructive feedback and positive one. Uh, learners make slips when they already have the knowledge but lack concern and attention. Uh, it can also be because uh, they're stressed or they feel anxiety or any other negative emotions. And anyways, it's kind of a mechanical type of feedback. And um, I guess you need to have this proper feeling, like I can correct on the spot in an encouraging way, but again, I need to make sure that um, I do not interrupt the fluency because uh, it's all about boosting the way of their confidence and the way how they speak. And uh, in this way, I can uh, uh, not always um, correct by, uh, you know, <laughs> using my words. I can show with my facial expressions, like, is it correct or not correct? Or, for example, I can show thumbs ups if uh, the, uh, the lexical item was used correctly or something like that. But again... Uh, the disapproval gestures of thinking face might indicate that there is a slight teeny tiny slip over there. And the student in this case can self-correct. And if uh, the learner corrects themselves, it means they recognize where they made a mistake and simply can reflect on it. However, error is more formal. And when students have errors, it is because they lack the proper knowledge, in particular, uh, grammar area or vocabulary. And um, again, in this case, I do not correct every single error because it might be overwhelming for a student, even for high-level students. So I try to prioritize feedbacks on errors and define areas which impede communication most. For example, 
if you recently had our classes focused um, on different grammar areas, in my feedback, I would also focus on grammar areas rather than intonation and pronunciation. For stronger students, again, if you wrote during your lesson on vocabulary, uh, then I can make uh, my comments on range and lexical items. And in most cases, even if you have a strong student, there is always a room for improvement. You can always come up with better word chunk or collocation or expression um, of an uh, advanced or proficiency level. And finally, I would structure my feedback and help my student to polish necessary studying areas. And along with bringing up something like that, um, where they made uh, some mistakes, I would come up with some extra examples and extra activities for my students in this particular area we work on, on grammar or vocabulary, so they could improve their, um, uh, their performance next time, for example. I always try to find the right balance to cover the most relevant areas of students' development and strengths, always balancing between constructive and positive feedback. I love what you mentioned at the start as well, like students may be making a slip or an error because they're tired or a bit stressed. So really kind of standing back and observing your students and then using that to inform how much constructive feedback you're going to give versus obviously the positive feedback that you mentioned as well can be really influential in terms of keeping the student motivated. If you notice your students are having not a great day or they're particularly stressed about an exam, then you're probably going to swing more towards the encouragement and helping them acknowledge what they are good at and what their strengths are to build their confidence. I can suggest a couple of methods when delivering feedback to my students. I use the sandwich method, um, which involves different layers when delivering feedback. And I always start with positive one when providing positive feedback. Then you deliver another layer uh, where the meat comes of constructive criticism, and then you take turns. So it's kind of a sandwich. And uh, however, when the meat comes, <laughs> I try not to, uh, um, I try not to bring too much constructive feedback or negative feedback to my students. Because again, remember that some people are vegetarians, <laughs> they do not like too much meat. So be gentle with the constructive feedback. And whenever I deliver my feedback, I try to avoid saying uh, something like, you made a mistake here or there. I try to um, say something like, let's see how we can make your idea better or your sentence better. And another uh, technique I use is method of three kicks and kisses, <laughs> one of the uh, teachers, my colleagues' teachers shared this uh, method with me, and I really like it. So it's more or less the same approach, uh, like sandwich approach, when you deliver, but it starts like when you deliver with three positive comments and three areas of improvements. And I always try to bring this positive vibe to my students and say, like, are you ready for kicks and kisses now? And they always uh, laugh and have fun. <laughs> That's a lovely way of like, balancing the feedback. And I hadn't heard of these uh, kicks and kisses until you actually described it to me when we were planning this episode. So I really love that idea. Yeah, it's so funny. Rather than giving, again, vague comments such as you need to improve your grammar, I try to be specific, bringing up specific examples from their speech, uh, from what they mentioned. And providing mul multiple examples in different areas will allow students to reflect on the areas of development from different angles. And uh, then when you take into account all these factors, like prioritizing feedback, different techniques, uh, 
on um, bringing it to the student, different ways to bring it to the student, like personal way. Um, like uh, when you finished your conversation, you try to deliver it uh, right to your student or you bring it in a form of report of a report or the way how you deliver it. Like you, you try to think about different factors and uh, then it, it really works and you can really track your students' progress as a teacher. And it's, it, it works and it's great. This is fantastic tips. Thank you so much, Jane, for sharing your tips on how to prioritize and how to structure feedback. There's so many ideas um, I can think about and reflect on for my own practice. I'm sure listeners are the same. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Laura. It was a pleasure to talk about it with you. Jane blogs regularly about this and other topics. So to learn more about this, you can check out her LinkedIn. And as always, I've put a link to her LinkedIn in the show notes below. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, or like Jane, you have a topic to pitch for an episode, then you can contact us via Instagram, Facebook, or the website, tsopop.com. Finally, you can support the work we do at Pop by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast, or sharing Pop content with your teaching community, or by even buying us a coffee at ko forward slash tsopop. <laughs>